and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor. And Rob McGregor. And our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Ability, The Secrets of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our book, our newest book is The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground, which is out is is now currently available on Amazon. Trisha's latest novel is White Crows, and Rob has recently completed releasing the audio edition of Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings. Okay. It's Halloween, and we have a scary one for you this week. Our guest today is Susan Yantarno, a retired veterinarian who has experiences that go well beyond our everyday physical reality. Her story is astonishing because of an ability to travel out of body at will. But three years ago, her incredible journeys to other worlds, other dimensions came to a crashing stop when she became the target of dark entities which have repeatedly threatened and assaulted her. We met Susan about eight years ago after she contacted us about one of our books. We've met her in person uh, several times since then, and uh, we can uh, vouch that she is a very sane person, even though it's understandable that some people might think her experiences are more imagined than real. Listen to her now and uh, see what you think. Welcome. Susan, back again. Oh, thank you. It's good to see you both again. You made it through the COVID crisis, and everybody's well and happy, I can see. Well, we all got COVID at one point, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good for the immune system. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when we when we first ahead, met, yeah, when we first met you, you told us that you had a medical condition that required you to rest during the day. And so you you had left your career as a veterinarian. Was that a difficult transition for you? Can you tell us about the condition and how you adapted uh, to your adjusted lifestyle? Sure. I have, in my younger years, I was always feeling like I was on the verge of catching the flu. I couldn't figure it out. And then my joints started aching. I was having excessive fatigue and brain fog, which is the worst thing. And um, it took 20 years before I got diagnosed with Sjogren's syndrome. It's it's a rheumatic disease that includes uh, attacking all the glands as well as joints and the nervous system. And by that time, mine had gotten so advanced that um, that I started having, uh, uh, it was becoming debilitating. But actually, in a sense, it worked out because arrangements were made with the higher energies to get me to Florida from Maryland. And certainly the climate in Florida was much more agreeable than a cold climate. And um, the humidity uh, serves me well. And um, I had an experience up in Maryland in a laboratory with a rat that made me realize I could no longer 
work with animals at the level I was working with them. Even in uh, clinical medicine, you're having to put animals to sleep, sometimes just because the owners can't afford the surgery and it's heartbreaking. And in the laboratory setting, which was my preferred environment, I was always, uh, you know, working with animals and then having to collect their tissues, which was sad. And I had a, a, a an experience with a rat one day I was doing a post-op evaluation on, and it I, there was a connection that was suddenly made that was a divine connection. I saw the God in this animal. It made me gasp and step back. I just saw it. I can't even explain how what it is. It makes me choke up just thinking about it because it was so powerful. And I said, I can't do this anymore. So I decided to, once I got to Florida, to work on my master's of public health. Got a work job with the state. I was in charge of the Healthy Beaches program. Not too bad. And uh, But my illness was progressing. I still hadn't been diagnosed. And I finally got to the point where I just have to retire. And I'm, you know, I got, I'm on immunosuppressive drugs. I'm doing very well now because I'm able to rest as needed. I do get brain fog. And so that's why I get a little bit um, tongue-tied when I'm trying to describe something. And I thank you for your patience with that in the past. Susan, was this rat a pet or what was it? No, he was in the lab. I had done a brain implant on him. Oh, okay. And I was doing an evaluation on him the next day. And I was always, I love the lab rats. They're so sweet. And so patient. And I had him perched up on my finger and I was talking to him like I usually do. And uh, but suddenly there was it it was the most powerful animal experience I ever had in my life. And he looked at me and I looked at him and there was there was no difference between us. I can't even describe that experience. It was it was beautiful. But yeah. I could—I knew I could never kill another animal again. I can't even go fishing anymore. <laughs> what about it. cockroaches? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so, so Susan, <laughs> there are during, limits. During your rest periods, you began having unusual experiences in which you traveled out of body. Did that begin spontaneously, or did you attempt to have out-of-body experiences? Tell us about. No, that. this was something I was engineered for up in Maryland. There was extraterrestrial visits, and my husband at the time, Robert, was told not to interfere with these visits. That they were activating me, and I thought this is very interesting. It was a little shocking to me because I realized that science is no longer my solid ground. But, uh, you know, as I said, I I just went with it because I was very interested in what was going on. And the being that came to me every night and worked with me energetically for almost a year, every night, uh, popped me out of body. And ever since he'd been working with me, my legs are wavy. My feet are wavy. The ground is never still. My feet are wavy like I'm hanging them down into a strong current of water. And it, what they did was disconnect that chakra, that earth connection. Spirits don't have feet for a reason. They're no longer connected to the earth. And that is our connection to this world. And that's the hardest thing to overcome when you're going out of body is that very strong connection to the earth. And so now I kind of like on an energetic level, my body floats above the earth. It's like a quick release now. So then it became very easy to spontaneously go out of body. And I had a lot to learn about that. It's a, uh, it's, it's definitely unknown country. Hmm. And um, then when I came to Florida, I was first pushed through the wall. Being, that was an educational experience. 
because it was an environment that made me panic on the other side. And I was looking and pounding on the wall and pounding on, there was a door there. I realized I had the power to bring myself back. And I dropped my head and said, I'm going to come back. I'll go back the way I came. And I dropped my head and I could feel myself dematerialize from that area back into my body. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was such a great feeling. So that was, those are the kind of learning experiences. I was always put in situations that I had to figure out on my own. And there were times that if I did, I wasn't getting it, they would intervene and say, that is not allowed. <laughs> the certain behaviors like, um, uh, well, we'll get to that, but you know, I'm not allowed to take anything that is not allowed. And there's always somebody, they always correct me sometimes in a, a lovingly firm way. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I've learned anything? how to do. Oh, I, there's times I tried to take objects that I was, oh, okay. when I was in somebody's home, just to see if I could bring them back with me. And then it would uh, always be somebody who stopped me or something that would stop uh, me and say, no, you can't do that. Give it to me. That's hmm. interesting. So there yeah. are rules on the yeah. other side. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned these uh, benevolent guides that were helping you, and uh, and that that and you mentioned that you were able to see them, and some of them were very unusual. Can you describe them? Well, the one I called my escort um, was small, like a gray, but he he wasn't like the grays in that he had normal human eyes, but they were oversized and they were violet, like amethyst eyes, beautiful, mm. large amethyst eyes. And he's my escort. When I have to go someplace where I, there's something for me to learn, or I'm going back to the same place multiple times, which is almost impossible in this endless universe, I the escort takes me to those places on assignment or for educational reasons. So the escort, excuse me, he was very unusual, very um, focused and task oriented, um, but but kind. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I didn't want to go, and he would leave out. He would cry out audibly, uh, a little moan like, "Oh, they're waiting for you." Basically, <laughs> kind of frustration. Um, so he was very important. And of course, I've always had uh, um, angelic guides got me to Florida, arranged for my marriage with Gregory, who is the love of my life for 26 years now. And um, and I am always grateful for that. We we are so much alike. And it's just wonderful to grow old together. We are really uh, grateful for, for that. And it was because of the angelic um, guides in my life. My previous husband also was uh, guided and reassured that that we were not to take the same paths. And they worked with him extensively. He became a Buddhist, huh. um, which yeah. is really weird because he was a very pragmatic, hard, hard-headed, uh, much younger than, man than me. And uh, it changed him. He moved to California after that. Yeah. So, so, um, it, it so it was like, a variety of, of beings coming and going. Yeah, right. So it seemed that you were traveling between the physical and the non-physical and exploring other worlds and dimensions but then something happened in one of your travels that changed everything. Uh, Wait, Rob, that... Rob, hold on. Could you turn up your volume? You're turn kind off. of, oh, really? yeah, you're kind of yeah. fading in and out here. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, that's better. Okay. Right. For, what it's worth, it's, it, for, what it's, for what it's worth, it's been good on this end, but go ahead. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> 2019 is when things started to get weird. I started to get entities that, came in. I thought it was another kind of extraterrestrial 
I called them ant men because they made they talked with clicking sounds. They kind of had an ant-like appearance. And I wasn't sure what they were, but things have come and gone out of curiosity to observe. So I didn't think much of them. And then I had this really icky being come in. Um, I called him Aqualong at the same at this <laughs> at the time because he was like, <laughs> like you know, he's breathing and through a, a, a scuba gear or something. Oh, and he would he would breathe around in the room and then come and scratch the pillow beside me. And I'm laying there, I'm going, okay, I'm not going to freak out. I'm just going to see what happens. And and then I said one day. You know, I don't think I like this. And two voices says, why? Why? You know, one, there were two different. It turns out that was Chino and Pete. So they started hanging around. Um, and then on June 25th, 2019, I lay, I lay on the bed and the ant men were clicking in the room. And um, suddenly, for the first time ever in years and years of traveling out of body, I fell straight through the bed. I just it just it was instantly instantly uh-huh. fell straight through the bed. When I went through my floor and looked up, I was falling fast with my back facing the ground. Um, the What had been my floor was now a ceiling, and it was a halo relief, a giant white halo relief of a saint. It was beautiful. And um, I was like, well, okay, I, I got that as I'm being watched over. The angels are watching mm-hmm. over me, right? And um and I'm thinking, wow, I really don't want to land hard on my back because sometimes these things can be really physical. And at the same time that happened, I went through another floor ceiling and there were kinetic sculptures and types of mobiles hanging from the ceiling that were brightly colored. And it got my attention. And I, I said, oh, I want to look at that. And without realizing that the purpose of those was for me to get control of my body, take control of the fall. So the little helping hands, even though this was a demonic entity that was arranging this i had i had backup that was giving me little positive reinforcements so i realized i was upright now and i could float down safely i went through a series of realms where people were visiting their animals we come back and visit our animals on earth they stay here um which is very interesting but then went on to uh um, wait you mean the animals stay once they're dead they stay on earth yes they're earth energies and you can come here and visit with them and i I fell through a couple of realms with uh, spirit animals there and people with them. And that was a whole different story. I think I told that on my last podcast with you years ago. And um, so actually I popped back into my body and then the ant men were just frantically making their clicking sounds. And I popped out again back into a smaller shaft. The first shaft was like 50 by 50. This one was about half that size, the square shaft. And there was another sculpture on the wall that made me took got my attention, made me take control of my fall. And I ended up landing in a house. I was exploring this house going, hello, hello, where is everybody? It's very nice, contemporary kind of setting and a beautiful house. And that's when I ran into my first face-to-face encounter with a demon. And he was horrific. He was tall, had an animal face, like a cross between an angry enraged chimpanzee and a and a angry wolf and um he was dressed in leather he's upright dressed in leather from neck down to his feet and um snarling at me and he had these two little minions by his side that almost looked like they were ai i mean they almost looked like ro- robotic huh. and but i was at that point i was in the kitchen 
Um, I was thinking about going upstairs, and that's when I heard his growl, this horrible deep growl. I turned around, and he standing there snarling. He took a step towards me, and I had been trained to go through through walls. I had to be trained to fly, although I knew I had the potential because I was so buoyant when I was in other realms. But I had a team that taught me how to fly straight up or go through walls. It's a wave particle function. And uh, so I decided I'm going through the ceiling. I'm going up to the second floor. And on my way up, I turned around, kicked him in the back of the head with my heel. Didn't really do anything, but it was my little F you, um, right. you know, that I'm not afraid of you. I'm getting out of here. And that's when I ended up in the, the um, lair. It was like being in a coal mine, a narrow coal mine. The hmm. ceiling was really low and it was pitch black in there. The walls were black. And uh, I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Now, I was illuminated, so I could see my immediate surroundings. And I often am illuminated in these situations. And that's when I noticed curled up on the to my right was this little alcove dug out, rough alcove, a little child about four years old, curled up. She's dirty. She's curled up in a ball trying to make herself invisible. And I was like, you know, I didn't want to say anything because I knew this entity was on my heels, this demon. I said, come on, I can get you out of here. Come on, come on, come on. She wouldn't come. She was terrified. And finally, you know, I was getting frantic. And uh, she shot out of the alcove, ran ahead of me, then pointed to her right. And I ran up to her. And there were bones in this lair, too. And uh, there was a door, a big, heavy wooden door with big iron knob on it, a ring knob um, on it. And uh, she certainly couldn't open it. But I opened it and saw a forest in the and in the, in the distance, a little grove of trees. I said, okay, I, we can get get out and hide in there. So I ran back, scooped her up, ran out the door. And by my first two steps were just normal steps towards the forest. And the third step, pure white light. Pure white light surrounded right. me, brighter than bright. But it's the kind of light that doesn't, it doesn't hurt your eyes, but it's so brilliant. It's incredible. And I looked down and she was gone. Oh, wow. And I realized that she was a trapped soul. This is the kind of thing I did when I was out of body. I'm in service. I've always declared my service to the divine in whatever, wherever I'm needed the most is how I say it in my prayers. Because <clears throat> I always do prayers of protection and, you know, that I'm in service to the divine and to mankind and to Mother Earth. And um, so when I came back, I was so, I, I was confused by this demon, really rattled me, but I was so happy that I released this child. Um, she was important for some reason. So that wasn't expected. It turns out that the demonic entities didn't like my running around the universe. <laughs> and they started, it caught their attention and they started hanging around. That's why Chino and Pete and the raspy one, you know, came about and the Ant-Men. They started hanging around and they thought maybe they could trap me into a situation, but it didn't work. So he Susan, I have a question. Do, do you know who this little girl was? No, no, okay. No, it's yeah, and I never ask questions. It's like uh -huh. it's my job to go in and do this or that. Sometimes I go in and there's people waiting, and there's somebody that needs to be healed, and I just know what to do. It's the weirdest mm -hmm. thing. I and I tell the people waiting, okay, you take her head, and and somebody sit over here and help me with this, and I'm all business, and I get it done, and I'm out of there. So it's it's very strange when you're in that um, situation too. There's no thought. There's only action. You mm -hmm. you don't have that consciousness disconnect that we have uh -huh. you are consciousness that's what you are when you're out 
So, so, you begin, um, so, so at that point, Susan, you began dealing with demons on a regular basis, a daily basis, even. Yes, and I knew that the the fall to the underworld was uh, uh, important because the two days later, I had a wonderful out of body experience where I was um, at a university, my favorite environment, and I went into the lab to work because that was the environment that I was happiest. And there was a director there that I really felt love for. He was this jovial kind of big guy. I was like, okay, let's get to work. He goes, no, 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 I don't want you to work today. It's time for you to have a good time. There's a festival on campus. I want you to go out and enjoy it. And I did. I had the best time on <laughs> campus that day. This is wonderful art festival. And there was all these young, bright young people. And it was great. So it, it was like set up that, okay, it's time for you to have you know a break and enjoy yourself so they acknowledged in doing that for me that um that was an accomplishment that needed to be done but it was going to come with a price and i, I have another to... question okay uh -huh. did you recognize this academic environment in other words was it something in the physical world um well i worked in at universities i worked for right. unc chapel hill and North Carolina state and georgetown university and so it was a kind of environment that I was comfortable in. Uh -huh. The labs were set up very similar to what I was in. The director, I didn't know him, but I knew him on an, on another uh -huh. level. I just, okay. you know, it was just a work environment is, is really what it represented was a working uh -huh. uh, relationship and a work environment. Not that I was doing laboratory work in, you know, in the fifth dimension. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you began dealing with these demons on a daily basis. And a lot of people, I think, upon hearing your story, would probably think that you might be suffering from mental illness. So how do you how do you answer that? Even even doctors. <laughs> I, I had, I, at one point I needed to sleep because that's the that's their weapon, fatigue, to wear you down. Mm -hmm. And I called a, a psychiatrist, which I've never gone to a psychiatrist before. I went to marriage counseling with my first marriage and all that, but nothing deep. Mm -hmm. And um, I called the psychiatrist. It was COVID, so I could, only could talk to him on the phone. And he was the sleep doctor. And I said, I need, you know, I explained to him what's going on. It's like, hey, you're the psychiatrist. you got to deal with this. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you the fact. And, uh, and he says... Okay, I think I've got something that can help you. And I went to pick it up. I said, you know, I need a benzodiazepine, some Valium or something, just get me through the nights. And it was an antipsychotic. I was like, are you kidding me? God. I called him up and gave him an earful. And uh, and I said, I said, hang on a minute, let me play something for you. <laughs> I played some <laughs> of the recordings. You know, Ariel screaming, "I am the fallen angel." And <laughs> You know, all these really loud, clear recordings that I have. And he was so shocked that he goes, oh, oh, okay, just tell me what you want and I'll send it in. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next time I called him, he's like, you know, I I think you need to talk to this friend I have who's a, who's a, a psychic because I don't know how to deal with this. And my own rheumatologist, too, I played it for him because he asked me why I looked so tired. I was in ba bad shape. And I said, I'll tell you why I look so tired. And I played an audio for me. He looks at me, he goes, you're scaring me. <laughs> so now, I, at least he knows now. And he knows me. He's been my rheumatologist for 10 years. Yeah. And uh, so every time I go in now, I go in several 
every several months because of the meds I'm on. You know, he's like, so how's that situation at night? And I was like, I'm okay. I'm dealing with it. It's good. I mean, does he believe it? Does he believe oh, it? Yeah, actually- yeah. He's, I think he does. It, it scared him. And he doesn't run really, He goes, boy, just when you think you know your clients. <laughs> 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 and he, I think he does. It's just not, people don't want to go there. The religious uh-huh. community doesn't want to go there. They, I contacted like 22 archdioceses throughout the states and across the world. And I wrote very polite letters, your eminence, and ended it with yours in Christ, you know, Dr. Susan uh-huh. very professional letters, and nobody is interested. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And this one priest kicked me out when I uh, when I went to make an appointment, and he came out and very hostile towards me and, and I told me I was faking it. And, you know, wow. it's that uh- it, he's heard it a hundred times. It came from a movie. And I'm like, You've got to be kidding me. And he made he threw me out. Jeez. All I wanted to do, I didn't expect him to fix it. I just wanted to talk to somebody about it. I said, This is your job. He goes, I know my job. Now get out. This is a priest. Right. It's a priest. Yeah, it was great. And the Catholic Church is just a you know, I grew up Catholic, so I was comfortable with that. It's St. Thomas Catholic Church. Um, and shame on him, shame on Gordon Zanetti. How about how about uh, religious scholars who study demonology? Have you contact contacted? Yes, I have. I've I contacted quite a few religious scholars with the same, offering them this is important information. I have a thousand recordings of discussions, their names, they're having conversations, the scenarios where that they're in, where they're you know arguing or even playful. They can even be playful with each other. Um, and no, this is this is I have evidence, and no one is interested. Wow! They're all like you know, la 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 la, sticking their ear, fingers in their ears. They don't want to hear it because they here's the proof, and they can't deal with it. Well, they it's don't know how to, they don't know where to put it. You know, it's it is it's shocking. But that's if you're somebody who is truly interested in. Um, cracking open the mysteries of our existence, then you've got to go through this and, mm-hmm. and address it. So again, they, they are, and it's interesting that the female guide I have, um, who's very wise and wonderful. She told me years ago, she just said out loud in my ear, they are closed and desperate. And I was like, who's, what are you talking about? Who's closed and desperate? She was talking about these demons that they are closed and desperate. That's things like that happen. I get little bits and pieces, and then years later, it, the um, situation comes up that that applies to what I was told. So, well, exactly. What are these demons? I mean, are they? I mean, what lower are they? Vibration. There are lower realms. Uh-huh. This is a this is a fallen world. This is a predatory world. It's a world of competition, extremes, violence. <clears throat> I mean. It pushes us to evolve, though, and this is really that it's called a biological testing zone, where souls can actually evolve from an animal, as a you know Cro-Magnon and uh-huh. Neanderthal, to, which is basically you know a, still a, a, an animal soul to a divine soul. And this hmm. has been this is a huge experiment that's about ready to come to an end. Why is it going to come to an end? Well, we've the. Maximum capacity for this earth is 8 billion people, and we are about two weeks away from that. 8 oh. billion people is all this earth can handle. 
Population doubles every 50 years. You think that right. the Earth can handle 16 billion people? No mm -hmm. way. I knew 8 billion was a mark that of a turning point. Um, when I was in my 20s, I had my tubes tied at 23 because I didn't want to contribute to the population. Hmm. I just thought that this is this is something that needs attention and um, and that Earth will purge us from. I, she has to look, we've got the microplastics in the oceans. They're toxic, red tide. I mean, we can't even eat the fish around here because the waters are so toxic from the hurricane that they're saying don't eat fish for the rest of the year. Don't eat wow. local fish at all because of all uh, the contaminants in the water. And look what we've done. We're doing two terrible things to our our wonderfully sacred planet. And she's not going to take it anymore. And COVID is just the start. Do you it's think that, just natural. We're going to be purged. Yeah. Uh, Susan, do you think the demons are having an effect on what's going on in this world? Well, this is their, this is what they like. When I mentioned, oh, they would always tell me that their people were going to come. Their people were going to break in and kill my dogs and kill my husband and rape me and kill me and torture me. Their people, their people. And their people, when I would talk to them about that, because I could actually, it was a mistake having conversations with them, but I was trying to figure out what was going on. They lie all the time, so it doesn't matter anyway. Um, but their people are the proud boys. I said, why aren't you hanging around with Donald Trump? He's perfect. <laughs> And they're like, we already have him. He's already part of us. You know, they don't even wow. spend time with us. Those are their people. That's what they called them. Huh. Referencing the Proud Boys and Donald Trump and all these, you know, hostile. Um, um, Liars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ego, ego driven, mm -hmm. power hungry, hostile um, people. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. so this is. This is definitely a fallen world. It's our job to rise above it, though. And people tell me to heal these things. It's like, are you kidding me? That yeah. I was surprised that some real high-level um, psychics told me that you have to transmute the energy. You have to heal it. It's like, holy crap, that was the worst thing I did was try uh, to heal them because they pretended to be healed. And that's when they almost killed me. Yeah, you ended up in the hospital, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. And they had Greg in a fugue state. They they were able to put things up to me that, um, they, like, there was something they put under my nose one time and had a scent to it. And it just made me collapse. And I became very, huh. you know, my it just I just collapsed. And I had no ability to resist, no will. And um, they put Greg in a fugue state. So he would not even want to get involved. He just sat on the couch watch TV. And when I finally broke that that um, spell that he was under, you know, weeks later, I held him and and told him, you know, not that I'm that I'm strong and I can do this. And he needs to take care of himself and how much I love him. And I saw this black entity shoot out of his solar plexus. Wow! It shot out of him, and at that very moment, Greg burst into a loud sob and started crying and that huh. was that was the end of that he's been very good ever since then he's been very uh in tune to what's going on and much stronger for it well, so what, um, what was this blackness was it was it one of the demons it was, was an it? entity uh -huh. yeah just attached to them they don't really go inside they try i almost died one time because one went inside i thought 
I'm just going to ignore it. They're ice cold. And this thing, I ignored it, but I did not flush it out. And I've learned how to do that. And it got into me and I could not get warm. And this is Florida, right? It's 90 right. degrees out. And I've got blankets around me. I've got two or three heating pads on me and told Greg to make uh-huh. me some hot tea. And I couldn't even drink the tea because I'm shaking so hard. I was uh-huh. in a state of shock. And <coughs> and um, I, I could feel myself slipping away. And I said, Greg, you need to take me to the emergency room. I'm going to die. I could feel it. I was in a state of shock. I needed to go. And they didn't know what was wrong with me. They go, why did your heart rate so high? I was like 200. And uh, I was freezing cold. God. They just tre- treated me with supportive care. You know, they gave me um, muscle relaxers and warm IV fluids and blankets and all that. And finally, I was able to get control of that. So there was that episode. And then um, when they really had me, when they almost had me, boy. That is when I was told to heal them and they pretended to be healed. And then they started to become, you know, really interesting to me because they would talk and laugh and joke. And I mean, they could be very, um, they could be very funny. And like there were times Guago, the one Guago, such a dick. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He, he would be attached to me. He's the one who said he was the first mercenary, but, but I changed him and all that. And he was attached to me. He's actually just a small sphere. And uh, well, oh, I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, yeah. Every time I would be doing something, he'd say, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And I'd say, I'm fixing this. And here, see, look, I go, easy peasy, Japanesey. And then he would always end. He'd love that. And every time I said easy peasy, he'd go, Japanesey. And his wago <laughs> voice. I mean, it was there was something just so friendly about them. But that's how their deception. They can, they can deceive you and mimic anything. They can uh, mimic. They are master mimics. Are they well, former? What, what, are they form, former humans, Susan? No, they're just lower. There's lower realms. Mm-hmm. There's and this is part of the lower realms. There are actually twelve lower realms, and they're lords of those lower realms, and part of the Luciferian rebellion. I'm not a religious scholar. I don't want to get into all that, but that's, there is a structure to our, um, to creation and they are their own Lords within those lower realms, but earth is trapped in that it's trapped by gravity. It's trapped by time. And we're going to rise above that. And we're entering now the fifth dimension, literally. We're going to, that's why we're going to see more and more extremes. We're going to become more polarized as people are choosing sides, basically. And really, the only thing that's really important is all through the chaos to just stay centered with loving your heart, be compassionate, be warm, be loving to fellow human beings. It's not that difficult. Keep your vibration high. This is similar, Rob, to what uh, Dolly Saffron said. Right. I know. I noticed that, too. Yeah. uh, Susan, what about angels? Aren't, uh, Aren't they here, too? Aren't they here to help us? Oh, my goodness. There are more angels than there are human beings. Hmm. And I am not exaggerating there. They are ready and willing now. They were always there for me, even though I went through some hard times. When I went through the four days of torture, terrible, terrible time. The room was filled with demons. I had this one demon. He was so weird that appeared. He looked like the ghost of Gumby. I'm not kidding you. (laughs) He looked like the ghost of Gumby and his head was whipping back and forth real fast. I was like, what the heck are you supposed to be? 
and they were pretending to be Arcturians. And my dog could see the one pretending to be Arcturians. You know, there was some creature chirping in the background on my previous recordings I sent to you. I thought right. it was some pet. This little thing, it's a little thing. It's an entity. And he was pretending to be an Arcturian. He was a, a silvery purple sphere. Huh. And he had this little voice and he was always praying to Archangel Michael out loud. And my dog, um, Zoe, my little Jack Russell, could see and hear it. And she would like open her eyes and her head would go back. She's like, what the F? And get out of there. She'd go underneath her bed. But she could huh. hear and see this thing. The other one, she didn't. But but this one who claimed to be an Arcturian. And they had introduced it as an Arcturian, told me to get this book called something songs of the Arcturians and they mentioned the author. I didn't even know anything about that book They're And they're like, read this. And I, yeah, I'm not going to, because, uh, you know, it's not that they have any credibility, but uh, it was astounding. So anyway, back to the angel question. Yes. But they can pretend they pretended to be Michael. Then they said, I'll know it's Michael when I smell wood smoke. Cause that's one of my uh, campfires. One of my favorite smells. And, and then Archangel Raphael smelled like gardenias, another one of my favorite smells. Mm. And they, I could really smell it. So they mm. could pretend to be angels, but the love isn't there. When you interact yeah. with divine energies, you fall in love with the world. You're just like floating on a cloud for days. Like you're in love with everybody you see. You're just, huh. it's, it's, you fall madly in love with the world. You do when you have the divine. It's a lingering feeling too. Um, so you don't get that. So basically, if if you said this, you know, things are going to become more polarized, this eventually devolves into a battle between good and evil. That's what it sounds like. Well, look, it's going on now. Yeah, I know. You know, there's nothing. And and even in our movies, you can't go to Redbox without seeing everything has a gun in it. Everything or demon in it. And look at the archetypes. Vampires and zombies are our archetypes right now. Yeah. Now they we are it's polarized, and um we have to just be very self-aware and stay away from that because I found that you don't heal it. You can't do ceremonies and chase it out of the house or smudge or anything like that. I've done all that. Um, you have to vibrate above them. Hmm. And that's that's yeah. where so I-, I finally got my life back again. Yeah. So are they inside your head and also outside? And why are they so focused on you, Susan? They don't like that I do out-of-body work. They don't like that I'm passing through higher realms. They are. They don't want mankind to progress. Yeah. They don't want us to, to move upward towards the, our archetype is the Adam Kadmon, the perfect mm-hmm. man. And Jesus was the first physical creation of that archetype. He was the first truly human, Adam Kadmon. And um, and so we are moving up towards Christ consciousness, the cosmic Christ. And they are going to do everything they can to keep us here. Everything. Because we're their source of energy. They don't have an energy of their own. They're a void. Darkness uh-huh. is a lack of energy. It's not a power unto itself. They manipulate to get power. And they manipulate humans very successfully. I mean, but are there people in other parts of the world that have experienced what you're experiencing or what you've experienced? Oh, my goodness. 
I have a story I uh, I want to get to. This happened recently. I I've also because of this gotten um, connected up with the Cosmic Center for Spiritual Light mm-hmm. um, here in Sarasota, and a very incre- just amazing, wise, gentle, loving people. And it's a uh, non-denominational. We cover a, a lot of different religions in our classes and discussions and services. And uh, the reverend and director there was seeing a woman one day who was having a problem. So she was counseling her and it was a demonic issue. This woman came in, everybody that's there, it's a, like it, to be in a room with 50 psychics and healers is really amazing. <laughs> it really is a great group of people. And, um, and she came and I'd never met her before and never seen her before. And I was there working, I was doing some painting. And and uh, Reverend Sharon called me over and says, Susan, I have somebody I want you to meet. And the woman who was there looked at me. She goes, you're Susan? And I said, yeah, I'm Susan. Nice to meet you. I'm covered with paint. Sorry about my appearance. <laughs> and uh, she goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then Reverend Sharon um, said to me, she's been telling me about uh, her problem with demons that are uh, – sexually molesting her and and uh you know uh, trying to um make her life miserable at nighttime and such and she goes and um the girl the woman says all they've been talking about these last couple of days is how much they hate susan they're going to do this Jeez. to susan and she goes she's saying i'm not susan why are you talking about susan i don't know any susans you know with these uh, demons and that's when she looked at me like she was looking at a ghost she goes oh my god oh, you're susan and she goes, they really hate you. And I said, good. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> them to strange. like me. <laughs> That's huh. for sure. Well, did she get rid? Did she, was she able to get rid of them? Well, we we've um, we found a sisterhood between each other because we've had uh-huh. very similar experiences. And it, there are times in the hospital I would confide in certain doctors and they would come in and whisper and talk to me about it because they were either having experiences themselves or they knew somebody who was having experiences, but you just don't talk about it. So people are being, they're very isolated. And that's part of the, the problem with these dark energies is that to keep you isolated gives them power. Uh-huh. And I think it's going to come out more. And I think it'll be good for people to realize that they can talk about it and find out how to deal with it. It's yeah. made me strong. I have no fear at all. I almost died uh. from fear. I have seen mm. death stood in front of me with bodies piled high, three or four deep, with blood still coming from decapitated torsos. And just this the most horrible situation I'm standing in. And I, I mean, I've seen things that should have made me psychotic. And I just told him he was an asshole. And then he disappeared. And then a door opens up and all these spirits come in, you know, they're just um, praying in single file. And then another door opens and this lion comes out and charges at me. I'll tell you something weird that happened with that. White balls of light came out of my forehead. I wasn't even trying to do that and pummeled this lion and it ran away. Huh. I had no explanation for that. That's a new one. I was like, okay. Was so. that recently? Yeah, that was last year when I, at the peak of the possession attempts. Right. And they were attempting to possess me fully because I, I guess I have what they, you know, they don't want me to to keep doing what I'm doing. And they keep me from going out of body. That's their mission. And if I get into a state of meditation that they don't like, they'll 
physically, uh, little what I call little finger, the evil gnome, he'll physically touch me with his tiny little hands. He'll he'll grasp my palm with his tiny little hands um, to snap me out of my meditation. So it's very it's still disruptive, but that's okay because I'm still in service on a different level. Uh-huh. I'm doing uh-huh. a lot of work with the Center for. Uh, uh, the Cosmic Center, and I have found my spiritual family there. We're all studying the keys of Enoch and very in-depth, you know, Gnostic and Kabbal- Kabbalistic mm-hmm. um, um, teachings, and uh, and they are. This is where I belong right now. I needed yeah. to learn how to deal with that. Carol Meese, Carolyn Meese, once said in her book, right. "Power of Prayer," she said, "You must be able to look." evil in the face and now i can huh. yeah you i remember a, that book yeah you have a story susan about uh, what happened when you were working in the yard recently and playing mozart uh, through alexa can you tell us about that experience yes and this is a very typical of oh alexa turned on <laughs> oh oh yeah <laughs> hang on a second alexa stop <laughs> mute on or something thank you um yeah, that was last year too. 2021 was it really is not my favorite year. Um, I was in the yard and I love Mozart and I was doing some gardening. Mozart was playing and I think I was putting some, uh, starting some new seeds and pods. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, little thing of the evil gnome. He's very vicious. He's a vicious little POS and he dresses funny too in lace. And um, they call him the dragon. That's his name. I call him Little Finger, the evil gnome. Um, but uh, suddenly he started speaking to me in my head. And I'll get back to that talking. Are they talking in my head or otherwise? I'll get around to that one too. But he started speaking to me about how he's going to torture me with his whip and, you know, that, that I belong to him and well, he's just going on and all the terrible things he's going to do to me and torture and kill me and all this stuff. And at the same time, the Mozart that I was listening to was starting to play Requiem. And I was like, oh, I'm not oh, listening wow. to Requiem while he's talking in my ear <laughs> about all these horrible things and how I'm going to die and be, you know, forever lost. Uh, and I said, I said to uh, Lexa, I just said that. I don't want to activate her. I said, I said, stop. He goes, oh, no, no, let her play. This is very appropriate. And I was, and I was like, oh, screw you. And I said, Alexa, play um, um, Ella Fitzgerald, because I love Ella Fitzgerald. And I just wanted something upbeat. And so the song that came on was Louis Armstrong singing, heaven, I'm in heaven. I burst out laughing. That's how spirit protects us. And they stand back. It's like being a parent of a toddler. You stand Uh back, let them figure things out. But when they're about to go over the edge, you know, you grab them. And uh, they're always, they're always letting me know that they are, they are with me, but they're letting me figure this out. So I empower myself instead of saying, oh, save me, save me, save me. We have to feel empowered. We have to take control of that. Because so they're a part of it. You're really living in two worlds, or maybe more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we all are. Yeah, maybe so. But your 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 particular 
this is a scary journey. <laughs> I don't think so anymore. That's why I don't give it any of my energy. Now at night, I don't like it when they wake me at night because they use fatigue. They have to weaken you. Uh-huh. If you're not tempted by greed and sex and all the stuff that that people are tempted to the lower vibrations, then they weaken you. And fatigue, lack of sleep is one way they do it. Uh-huh. And um, and that is frustrating for me because I have trouble with fatigue anyway because I've got autoimmune disease. Mm. And uh, so now I, I've got, I've got this polypharmaceutical titration going on at night where I can sleep just fine. I've got, you know, I'm taking these herbs and the melatonin. And uh, I have to admit, I'm taking a little teeny bit of medical marijuana too at night. I sleep <laughs> like a baby now. And then <laughs> I put helps. sleeping headphones on and I listen to um, to sacred music all night long. Uh-huh. So I get through Dr. Hertek's uh, uh um, website, uh, the uh, Academy for Future Science, mm. and it's beautiful. A lot of stuff like the Lord's Prayer in Hebrew being sung. Just wonderful music, and most of it's in Hebrew. Yeah. And uh, we use Hebrew a lot at the center. We sing in Hebrew. We use the five sacred languages: the um, mm. you know Tibetan, Chinese, Hebrew, Egyptian, and Sanskrit. Huh. Now, are they? Bothering Greg too. Um, he's had experiences, but um, for the most part, you're doing okay with that, right, Greg? Yeah, you've had a couple <laughs> experiences, and he's had that feeling. They they used to, put, you know, I wake up in the morning with this toxic feeling, mm-hmm. horrible. And Greg had experienced that once, and he wondered how I could deal with it day after day. It's just this gross, toxic feeling, uh-huh. and, and I can't even describe it. It's like ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, just, and now I have learned, I just say flush, 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 and I flush my energy field. And I've learned how to do that. And where I used to have to wait for hours for it to dissipate, I can get rid of it now in minutes. Hmm. Anything they do to me, I can get rid of now. I can just say, you know, flush, 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 get it out of me. But I actually pulled a serpent out of my mouth and it oh screamed God. a scream I never want to hear. I have to say, when I went through the, the worst of the worst last year, I was having trouble with PTSD and I used a big red balloon. I went to the party store and I love big round red balloons (laughs) and I got a big round red helium balloon. I put all that terror inside the balloon and, you know, in a prayer in the yard and I let it go. And and then anytime something would come up that would start to make me feel a little panicky, I'd say red balloon, red balloon, red balloon, and I let it go. And it worked. Yeah, that's a good visualization. Yeah, that is. Yeah. It really worked. That, and I just I just really always love big brown red balloons. So it works for a number of reasons. I let it go towards heaven, you know. Yeah. Now, have you heard from people who've gone through a similar experiences that you have? I mean, other than at your center where you go? No, but again, people don't like to talk about it. Yeah, right. and, and now this friend of mine, now she's a friend who's a part of the center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we talk about it and she, she got mad. Like I got mad and that being mad is better than being uh, afraid, but right. that also doesn't serve you either. And that's the part I walked the razor's edge. Believe me, I did. And I realized I was walking the razor's edge and that's when I dissolved all my weapons and acid and I got rid of all my recordings and all that, but they did come back to me, which is weird. 
Huh. And uh, so I haven't had that many, but I hope people, if they do have bad experiences, they can talk about it and realize that they have a, a strength to yeah. deal with yeah. it. You're not a victim. This is an opportunity. You've got to deal with it. If you're going to move upward, you've got to deal with these gatekeepers because they don't want us to move through those um, realms. They want us to stay lower. Are you aware, Susan, of any demons whose energy has been transmuted to a higher order? No, I'm only aware of those who pretended hmm, to be yeah. healed, pretended to be treated. Gaga was one of them. And he was so convincing because, you know, he came this, from this vicious, um, uh, vicious uh, animal, really, uh, mm -hmm. to uh, this guy, th this male voice that was jovial and funny and curious. And I, it was unbelievable that I actually got sucked into that that's again that's what almost killed me is suddenly i trusted them because mm -hmm. they were so convincing and that's the worst thing to do to tell somebody that you can heal this energy is the worst thing you can heal the energy of a human spirit that's haunting a house or that doesn't know that hasn't crossed over that's different these demonic entities they always say we're not demons we're demonic entities although at some time they said they're Satan and Lucifer or they're this or that. You know, it doesn't matter. They're just lower energies. And it's like, well, good luck with that. It's not my vibration. So, um, no, absolutely not. I've not heard of anybody who successfully transmuted the energy or successfully thrown it out. As I said, you learn to vibrate above it. So they disappear. Uh -huh. And that's what I, you know, down now, it's kind of they're like noisy neighbors now. I hear the murmurs. I hear them. They never stop talking. They never shut up. And I hear the murmurs, but I'm not tuning into it. I'm not right. even going there. I'm not curious. I don't care. I'll hear their voices at night when they wake me up and they try to get into my head. But then I push them away again, go back to sleep with my music. It, turned, it happened last night because they wanted to keep me up all night so I wouldn't be able to do this interview. Hmm. And I was bombarded last night. And so I just turned the music up, sang with it, and I went back to sleep. Why were they so threatened by this interview? They, they just don't want me to talk about it. Of course, okay. they don't want to empower people. Hmm. And people can be empowered by yeah. this. You look at this and realize that this is uh, this is boot camp. We can deal with this. We have what we need to deal with this. Hmm. And, you know, I've never, an interesting thing about all these experiences I've had for the past three years, I've never had a nightmare. Huh. Ever. I don't have nightmares. My dreams huh. are silly. In fact, I often will laugh out loud in my sleep. Um, so that that's a real indication that they really haven't gotten into my psyche um, beyond the level that I let them in, but I have since since purged them from. Well, you know, the, when you talk about this, all I can think of is some of the politicians like Trump. He must just huh. be saturated. Oh, my God. Kind of energy. Yeah. Just to be around that. Oh, my Lord. You know, and these things are everywhere. You know where I, I have seen the most demons and because I can see them and the most bizarre. I mean, some are giants, hospitals. Holy cow. Mm. They, it's just they They fill the hallways. They're wandering around everywhere. One came in had a head, this giant head. He was huge. He had to have been 10 feet tall. You know, this really big head. Um, they, they are everywhere. And this is their world. And when you're giving into the materialistic world, 
and all you care about is power and money and you know you and you're manipulative and destructive uh-huh. like they are you're hey you're in the club you know you're with them you are their people that is what they call it our people yeah. um, so so as we're re- re- recording now or interviewing you uh it's halloween and do you have any idea <laughs> what the uh what the demons uh think about halloween is this their time or, or? <laughs> no or is that all just mythology <laughs> Actually, they don't like it because it's a lot of laughter and playfulness. And uh, they, right. they, oh, that reminds me um, that they would give me really awful. I close my eyes and I have really awful visions, right? One time that demon was looking right back at me and I just, you know, jutted my face forward and looked him straight in the eye and he turned away. <laughs> He's not used to that. And anytime I got a hideous vision, uh, when they're trying to intimidate me, when I'm trying to meditate or sleep, I would say, trick or treat, smell my feet. And, <laughs> and it would piss them off so That's much. great. And it yeah. works. I just say, trick or treat. And I put it to Halloween. I create it to, to be something that's child's play. Yeah. And I'd say, trick or treat, smell my feet, which is like, you know, really childish thing to say. And it works. It goes away. Yeah. That's good. So, uh, and oh, and the non, the, you asked about uh, the, are they in my head and such? And I meant to address that. Um, yeah. They're non-local. One thing I discovered is I set the a recorder up and then I'll go shopping and I capture them, Chino, Guago, Pete, you now on the recorder, but they're also, I can hear them when I'm shopping. So they're non-local. Oh, interesting. I can't quite wrap my brain around that, but I realized that, wait a minute, you know, this is something different. And and I have no explanation for that. I'm not a physicist, but it is a non-locality that they exist in. Do they show up as orbs on your camera? On my cameras, yes, they're orbs. I have recently one where they're standing, it's standing beside my bed, but on the camera is orb, and then it moves uh-huh. up towards me, and it's just an orb. That's mm. what's amazing. It's just an orb. Like you, we call ghosts or spirits or something. Right. It could be demons. <clears throat> and um, one time, all oh, the best. Do we have time? I, I, I want to tell yeah, you about go this. Ahead. One yeah. thing I always wanted was a um, virtual reality set because one of my problems out of body is my consciousness still hangs on to velocity. And when I'm out traveling on something, I feel G-force. And they just get so frustrated with me. Like they put me on things that are smooth, round discs, and I'm clinging on for dear life while you know the one accompanying me is sitting in the middle like, what are you doing? And I feel velocity and it's a consciousness thing. And I have to let that go. And so I got a virtual reality set because you feel like you're on the roller coaster right. and you're just watching it. It's like that when you're out of body and getting past that is hard to do. And um, so I got this virtual reality at Oculus and I put it on. I love roller coasters. So the first thing I did was get the roller coaster program and I put it on and Guago and Chino are always stuck to me. They're these round globs like water balloons. And I told you one time I punched one. And I had a blanket over my uh, uh, couch blanket over my legs. And I'm looking at this Oculus uh, virtual reality with the roller coaster. And it freaked them out. And they fell at my feet. And I could look down and see them moving around like scared kittens all around my ankles under the blanket. The blanket was moving. And they were totally panicked. Because they didn't know what that was. And it was unbelievable that these things just totally lost it and freaked out. They were terrified. 
They were terrified kittens. That's what was around my ankles. Wow. So, you know, mm. that I've really had a lot of fun with the uh, virtual reality since then. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't helped me with my, uh, with my um, sense is, of G-force, though. Yeah. Susan, is, is Greg nearby? Can I ask him a question? Yes. Yes, he's right here. In fact, he just wrote me something. Hi, Greg. Hey, Rob. Hey, what you, is this? How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, is this scary for you, all this stuff that's going on with Susan? How do you relate to it? Well, it's not scary now, yeah. but yeah. but it was. Um, yeah. You know, for a period of time, it was very scary. I was really yeah. concerned about her right. uh, well-being. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And and one thing I, I what I just jotted down for Susan was when she went into the hospital during this, the um, ER doctor that uh, attended to her called me in the morning and she was getting ready to um, change shifts and there was a new ER doctor coming in and she... Um, shared with me that she understood what Susan was going through because her sister was having similar experiences. Oh, and her concern was that the attending uh, ER doctor that was coming in after her may not be as open mm -hmm. yeah. you know, to uh, the experiences that she was having. But um, she was very open to it and the fact that her sister was going through the same thing. That's wow. interesting. That yeah. is interesting. Yeah, we need a, a a way for people to be able to talk about this and help right. each other. Because exactly. I was alone. Well, no, not alone. Because a friend in Texas that Dr. Hertak introduced me to back in the 90s, she was my rock. I'd call her and she would just, you know, they're going to kill me tonight. They're mm -hmm. trying to kill me. Oh, I'd be in tears. She goes, she would always say, Susan, they cannot kill a child of God. Know this. This is a fact. They cannot kill. You know, fear can kill you. Right. And they kept me starved and sleep deprived. I, I couldn't eat any food until, you know, for that time, I lost over 30 pounds in less than a month. Wow. I was completely dehydrated, completely sleep deprived. And I, I mean, I wanted to lose weight, but not like that. Yeah. In fact, I ended up, I was afraid of being in a weakened state. So I made sure I gained the weight back and then some, unfortunately, because yeah. I enjoyed eating again. <laughs> um, but they I, they made it so that I couldn't eat, couldn't keep anything down. Jeez. And that's when I got admitted to the hospital for four days. They thought yeah. I had some gram negative, um, you know, gastrointestinal. Gastrointestinal is hard to to pin down. Um, so they just gave, you know, put me through every test in the book and uh, supportive mm -hmm. care. And I was stronger. They got me eating. And then I was out the door. And this was all through COVID, too. And the hospitals were yeah. really overwhelmed. <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, I didn't realize that, that the doctor, I forgot about that. The doctor said something to Greg about that. We need to find a way for people to be able to reach out to others because isolation and um, and exhaustion and fear is how they succeed. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, Susan, uh, Nigel, the, our golden retriever, has just walked <laughs> over to me with a ball in his mouth, which means that we're coming to the end of the interview. He's very good at... Uh, at timing like that. He's he knows it's his well. work time. <laughs> we want to thank you for coming oh, on this again. This is great, Susan. Thank you yeah. so much. Uh, but my hope is that somebody who is going through this will hear this. Yeah. Yes, we'll me too. To, yeah, we'll be able yep. to talk to somebody about it.
And again, for people who want to hear a little more, stay tuned because well, uh, well, go ahead, and, uh, well, and hang on, and we'll talk about that here in a second. So, because uh, I think I think I think we've got enough on this that we may want to uh, maybe just set up uh, next week, uh, maybe post this next week and set it up with uh, reposting the uh, journals mm-hmm. of of of, uh, Susan. of of Susan's journals this week. So. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 So, 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 yeah, okay. Susan. So, so, yeah. I mean, you gave us a bunch today. So, wow, uh, but, but, yeah, but we'll work it out. And didn't mean to cut you off, Rob. But, but yeah, we need to. Okay. We need to have a we need to have a production meeting here in a second. So, okay. So, okay. Right. Well, good. Susan and Greg, thank well, you so much. Thank I want to be available to people, and I'm an ordained minister now, so I can oh, do right. that legally, and I can counsel people legally. It was just give, give us I, a. Give us a, a place where they can get in touch with you or an email or something. Uh, my email address. Uh, let's see. Well, use my uh, my Gmail. Sarasota Suze, S-U-Z. Sarasota Suze, all one word, at gmail.com. Okay, great. Okay. So Sarasota Suze. Okay. And uh, it'll be tough love. I'm going to be, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to be firm and teach them how to be strong. Okay, good. Maybe My Trump will be your first guy, huh? Just a, a note that, you know, we with the hurricane, the people just south of us, beginning in, in North Port and South, they really had some difficult times. Yeah. So any any help that can go that way yeah, would be prayers. really appreciated. Prayers, too. Even in Sarasota, there were some deaths and some, um, and we experienced some minor damage, but some people did experience some major stuff, so... Yeah. Just keep your thoughts there. Yeah, Ian was a living speech. entity. Boy, that's for sure. Yeah, Ian was conscious. <laughs> yeah, but we're here to help each other on every level. Right. Okay, well, good. All righty. This All right. has been great. great. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. you, Susan. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Good to Take see care. you again. Thank Take you. care. You too. Yeah. All right. Bye now. Bye, John. Bye. Bye, Susan. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.